Hello and welcome to today's episode. Um, this one's going to be uh, really, it's an interesting topic because it's nutrition and we're always wanting to try and eat better or lose weight or, you know, get rid of headaches or all sorts of things. And it's um, it's a really interesting discussion with Susan. She's, she's not the typical dietitian that I've I've spoken to previously, not that I've really spoken to that many, but um, we literally go through so many things and talk about the stigmas and stereotypes and and try and break down these barriers and get to a point of greater acceptance of ourselves, um, which is ultimately where we want to get to in life in general, regardless of whether or not it relates to money or food. Um, it's it's a it's a center center of happiness and that inner being, of, uh, understanding who we are and connecting to our values and checking ourselves when we have limiting beliefs and watching the habits that we have and why we do them um, and it all it all sort of links together beautifully so this is, this is a really nice discussion with a lot of good information and a lot of things that I think we'll all relate to especially as mums so enjoy welcome to money with alpha where I share simple tips for how to make save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode. I have the lovely Susan Williams here and we're going to be talking about food, nutrition, dieting, not dieting, how to create balance. You can't even eat sugar. (laughs) <laughs> which I was, I was just like, okay, cool, because everything seems to be so no sugar, which, you know, there's there's validity to, to that as well. But Susan's had quite a varied background, has worked sort of in and around food quite a lot, like through hospitality and then coming into the dietetics nutrition space and probably disrupting it a bit as well from, um, from what I've read. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's lovely. Thank you. And yeah, maybe just give the, the listeners a little bit more about your background and your journey and how you've got to what you do and then what you do now. Oh, okay. I'll try and do the nutshell version. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're right. I um, started off professional life in the hospitality industry. So I did a, of all things, a degree in hospitality. So we were apparently the people who needed to go to uni to learn how to party. That's what we were called. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of all the way through, um, I think I probably didn't really have much of a, a sense of where I saw myself in the hospitality industry, but we did have to, um, we had to do industry experience. And so I, I, I worked in the clubs industry for quite a long time. And through that, uh, I met my now husband, <laughs> as once as happens. Um, and he was he was doing physio at uni, and um, I yeah I was a bit at a loss of like was I going to do sort of this sort of stuff for the rest of my life like you know hotels and bars and you know marketing and it just didn't really feel like a match. Um, but I knew I loved like working with people and there were a few subjects in my hospitality degree that were like um, food related, microbiology and food safety and sort of nutrition. And um, so I went back to my uni and said, I want to be a dietitian <laughs> and I don't want to do a full undergraduate degree again. And so they sort of pulled together this graduate diploma, which then became a master's. And then I got into Sydney Uni and really horribly I got to the end of dietetics and went oh 
goodness, I don't know if this was the right choice either because all the way through I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do what these dietitians do. I, it doesn't make any sense to me that a grown person needs to be told what to eat. Like if someone tried to tell me what to eat, I would be like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and so like I ran away from that as well for quite a number of years. Like I really liked the nutrition science. I really like, I found it so interesting. And again, like I really love food and, um, but yeah, I worked in sort of medication compliance for a while. And then I worked like nutrition adjacent, like I had to be a dietitian to do these jobs, but I wasn't actually working one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I worked as a rep for a while. Um, and it was once really, I had done a little bit of private practice, mm-hmm. but again, like I just, oh, you know, it, was, it didn't. I wanted to, oh, here, I'll tell you everything to do. Off you go. Now you're fixed. Da, 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 da. Which, of course, you can imagine didn't work at all or help anyone, including myself. Um, yeah, so it was really when I'd had my first daughter and I um, took maternity leave from the rep role that I was doing. Um, and I went back to that. I had a thought that I was going to be going back part-time and that didn't quite pan out. That There'd been a huge change in the organisation while I was off. And so I went back full-time and I was like, no, this is just not right. And I kept going, like, you've got this qualification, you know, you've got you've got an actual, <laughs> you know, you're a thing, Susan. Um, and it was really probably some of the stuff even introducing solids to her. Like mm-hmm. she was so she just knew her own little body and and I was like this just makes so much sense to me like this really aligned with the idea of like why would I be telling someone like you know because in dietetics and you know people try and tell me that that's not how we're trained but it is I've seen students recently (laughs) it's exactly how we're trained the idea is that people don't and I've got air quotes going all over the place here people don't do what they should because they don't know any better and if we can just educate them air quote air quote air quote air quote air quote then they'll be fine and Mm. you just educate them a bit slower and maybe a little bit more loudly if they don't get it the first time which just when I could have this like six month old baby who was like quite adamant that she was not interested turning her head away or like really voraciously, you know, eating something up. Um, Yeah, I was like, we know what to do, you know. Um, But like also I had the all the how introducing solid should go at what age and I was following those instructions and she was not having a bar of it. So we were in this battle. Oh, yes. Anyway. Any, anyone who's out there as a mum listening probably goes, oh, gosh, yes, I remember putting food in their mouth while they were crying because at least and the mouth spit broke it out. Yeah, I know, I know. You're like, what? I, I just know. an hour preparing this. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it. Like when I had my second and I was, I think she was on my lap and I was multitasking, doing something, sewing something, eating a piece of avocado and like a slice of avocado and toast. She just leaned forward and took a bite. Mm-hmm. And like she was not even six months yet. That was against yeah. the rules. I had I was done by then with rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like I think it was really with Grace, my first daughter, that I started to go, I'm in I'm in a mess with all the best of intentions and all the knowledge in the world. Yeah, tied up in knots with knowledge sometimes. Oh, so much. 
and wanting to do it right, you're not mm. wanting to mess it up and, you know. Anyway, um, so, yeah, like I started, I think I put a shout-out to like a dietitian's interest group email and I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And somebody put me onto this American dietitian and family therapist, Ellen Satter, and I read her books and I was like, oh, because at that point I thought because I'd got to the end of my dietetics degree and I didn't want to be like a proper dietitian, it was because I wasn't very good at it. That was my, in. that's what I internalised. You weren't doing it the way everybody else was. I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> yeah, because that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, you take a proper diet history, you look for all the deficits, where are they getting it wrong, and you tell them what to do and you give them a list of things to go away with and, oh, anyway. Here's how we fix you. Yeah, I know, because you're broken. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, yeah, so I read her stuff and I was like, Oh, it just was a revelation. You know, she'd had yeah. she basically described my career to this point. And then you know what it's like. You're like you find one thing and then you because you've read this thing, somebody goes, Oh, you should read that. And then like this whole new world opened up to me and a whole new community of people who were also yeah. doing it wrong. Um, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like I really <laughs> I found my crew. Found my people, absolutely. And it was like, oh, right. So, but, you know, again, it's like a, oh, you know, we love that word, the journey. Mm -hmm. You you start off with going, oh, so like people are sort of fairly innately able to feed themselves. Like they've sort of got in, stuff's got in the way. Mm. And like if we can sort of get this stuff out of the way, and, like, of course, like because I'm a dietitian, most people would have consulted me around, back in those days anyway, around weight management. Yeah. And I, at that point, would have said that I took a, a non-diet approach. So the idea would be that once you get all of that sort of mess out of the way and you eat the way you're sort of like a more intuitively, mm-hmm. yeah. then that will sort your weight out. And mm-hmm. everyone, look, everyone will be thin. But, of course, that's not what happens either (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you know and then it's like it's a bit of a like oh hang on but people are really well they're healthy and and they're sort of still larger like some some people not everyone yeah oh okay and then you know you sort of look at like there's actually research that shows you know making the health changes you know more fruit and veg and more physical activity and you know less highly processed salty things and all of that's like better night's sleep, good relationships, that actually improves people's health in, you know, better cholesterol, better blood pressure, you know, mm. better blood fats, all of that sort of stuff without necessarily seeing weight loss. You're like, all right, so everything I learned is a lie. <laughs> I'm like, where am I going now? And it's that progress of, oh, okay, so, you know, you always think you're at the pinnacle of mm. your, you know, journey or not unfortunately it's it's always going yeah. and I would say sort of from that sort of non-diet approach or yeah I would consider myself now like a um I guess weight neutral or health at every size dietitian yeah. so when when you say non-diet so non-diet as in dieting as in um you know denying yourself things or altering yeah. your eating a lot because of course we all go out 
um, you know, especially if you've got children, you will go to the park and you can't always like prepare or bring yeah. everything that's perfectly no. nutritionally balanced. Yeah, that's so right. When people come to you, I mean, like you said, it's probably largely weight or someone might have diabetes and they want to try and manage it nutritionally or they might oh. have high blood pressure or uh, high cholesterol. How do you like what's what's the first sort of thing that you do? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that's, I guess it's the thing is like the other thing is like, there is a role for medical nutrition therapy still. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my, not, not just my, def, I, the definition of dieting I would use is that you're modifying your diet in order to change your weight, reduce mm -hmm. your weight. Yeah. And so whether that's like a, you know, commercial program or it's, uh, you bought a magazine or it's, you're following an app or you've seen a dietitian who's handed you over the sheet of paper and says, don't do this. Eat this all yeah. diets, you know, it's, it's, it's all dieting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's going to be some medical conditions that respond really well to dietary change. So that's sort of not the diet I'm talking about. You know, if yeah. somebody's been diagnosed with celiac disease, then, mm -hmm. yeah, they need to avoid gluten to get the, you know, mm. reduced risk of bowel cancer and symptom resolution. Um but what happens often, especially those lifestyle sort of related mm. lifestyles, those they're called conditions, diet like diabetes, type two diabetes, um, heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, that sort of thing. Often what is said first and foremost in the say the GP's office is you need to lose weight mm. to get your blood sugar under control, or you need to lose weight to get your cholesterol under control. Mm. And like it is true that if somebody loses weight, those things will improve. Mm. And what we also see like pretty strongly in the research is that people's success for losing weight and keeping it off is abysmal. And mm. it's not that they're doing it wrong. It's our bodies are just not, they're not hardwired or evolution has really, you know, done a number on us and, and we're not supposed to starve. Like that's not conducive yeah. to survival. Yeah. So the, the other thing is that often people will have done a lot of dieting and like the idea of doing it again because their experience and the experience of, of most people is that they go on a diet, they lose some weight, mm. Life just takes over yeah. and, you know, they they just can't stay on it. You know, they're up and down the freeway because somebody's in hospital and, they you know, they're, they're, uh, their time is not their own and they just can't do their everything from scratch. So they've lost weight and they regain it. And maybe they regain more than they lost. And yeah. then they oh, double down and they back on another diet and, and maybe it's not not as successful so-called this time around and they don't lose quite as much weight but they're lower but then they you know life happens again and so this cycle happens where people yeah. become oh, I guess the diet itself it's either harder to stick to so it lasts for less time the weight loss itself is less um but also the weight gain as a result of like coming off the diet maybe more and more and more um so, yeah, like they're not, ugh, they don't want to go back on another diet, but they actually don't even know what to do instead. Like it's been such a long time since they ate in any sort of relative, like accordance to body signals, mm. which lost track of them. So they yeah. don't know what their hunger hunger signs are. They they can't feel full except if they're 
full, full, like Christmas, yeah. full, full. Um, I have no idea what they like because I haven't been allowed to like anything forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, throw yeah. that. And, you know, with diabetes, with high cholesterol, with, you know, dysregulated blood fats, with, with there are ways of impacting those with diet. Um, but if we start at that top bit of, like, medical nutrition therapy, if we go, okay, so with diabetes, you, you know, you're probably going to do well with, like, fairly regular, well-planned or well-spaced-out meals and snacks, you yeah. know, um, moderate carbohydrate and you have that with you know it's slowly digested and got higher protein and you know some fat in there to make it more satisfying they're just like like it's too much much. like Mm -hmm. it's trying to like and i often talk to like you know you've got little children and they want to you know get their blocks out and they build this ridiculously like tiny narrow tower and it's tall and then it falls you've got to have a steady base yeah (laughs) So often um, we'll talk about like, all right. So you've been told you need to, told you need to lose weight. Um, you know, try and get the story. Yeah. What's the history of that been? You know, where, where, what does that even make you think and feel? Mm. Um, and they're often scared. You know, they've got this diagnosis of something that's really serious yeah. and has you know devastating consequences if they don't get it under control. Mm. Um, and so. You know, with cholesterol, you can do some really quick things without, you know, changing too much. You can do some really quick swaps and that can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's about like, okay, let's see how you got to here. How yeah. did this sort of come to pass? Yeah, something you mentioned before is because I, I talk a lot about limiting beliefs and we were talking mm-hmm. about that before we hit record as well and I think yes, there's, yes, there's a lot yes. of that buried in there as well, the beliefs yes. that we had. Oh, you're so gluttonous or you you have no self-regulation, whatever you might have been told as a child. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of plays into it. So before you even get to the, well, what you should and shouldn't eat, like perhaps a tub of KFC right before bed, maybe not the best idea, especially if you've got high cholesterol. Um, but what you've not probably got this... That- Belief work, yeah. Or it may have been a way to connect with family. So they've got, you know, associated memories with it that kind of they hold on to. Oh, so right. Like food is so emotionally powerful. Yeah. And, you know, like we've also got this sort of, like I was saying before, like we've got this cultural belief that if you're in a larger body, therefore you are unhealthy, you must do everything wrong. But also the idea too of using food in any way other than managing hunger is also like wrong mm. but of course food's emotional you know like food and, and, and not even like it isn't like it can be really powerfully positively emotional you know real fond memories but it can also be really traumatic like people can have had really really hard upbringings where you know sometimes there was food and sometimes there wasn't you know mm. whether it was due to poverty or mental illness or you know just really sort of war in my mother's case because she grew oh, up at the yeah, end right. of the world too oh so true so true and um i was listening to it's a lovely podcast that i love to listen to called comfort eating um, <laughs> one, um and she talks to people about their comfort foods but she was interviewing somebody the other day and she was saying like she grew up in, with like in a, in a like a very large family migrants to the uk and like abject poverty Mm. and she as an adult in her 60s just cannot bear the sight of an empty fridge and you're like Mm. of course why why would you like I remember clients sitting down 
in my rooms years ago and I said, oh, you know, what brings you here today? And um, she just like basically sort of did the, like ran her hands down beside herself, like look at me type thing and went, I'm a binge eater. Oh, okay, righto. And then like we were talking and she was saying that she grew up in foster care and she was in and out of like so many different foster homes and you're like, wow, like, you know, what were the, like, what were the food rules in each of those homes? They would have been so different. Mm. You know, when do we eat? How much do we eat? Can I have enough? Like, of course you learned to eat when you could, you yeah, know. It's a bit it like, store it all and yeah. you couldn't put it in your pocket so you put it in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. if we don't eat, we die, you know. Yeah. That, you know, so telling somebody to be moderate, yeah. like, for real, <laughs> like, yeah. let's, let's really understand what somebody's, story is and it, like it may feel really safe to feel really full mm. you know? and that means you know there's going to be some like mm. psychological work to to understand that too so but you think that sort of thing also happens when people are shift workers or like mm. police officers or ambos or teachers or yeah. you know people are in a position where they actually need to disconnect you know yeah. they, they can't always be really attuned so, yeah, and that can compound those, you know, the overeating sort of messages maybe that we might have got as as kids. So, yeah, yeah it's really complex. Like eating, I've, I do supervision now with like new grad dietitians and, and experienced dietitians as well. And like so often they'll say things like, I had no idea that this was so nuanced. Like yeah. nutrition sort of simple. Like yeah. biochem and physiology. That's not hard. Eating, mm. that's hard. Behaviour change, really hard. <laughs> and then you get the cultural side of things. Like in oh. my my husband's culture, there, and it's not even just culture, but his family grew up where they would have pancakes for dinner. Oh. So that's just part of what they have for dinner with yeah. applesauce. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, though, my daughter would want pizza from the night before and mm. for breakfast, and my yeah. husband's like, you're giving her pizza for breakfast? I was like, well, you eat pancakes for dinner. <laughs> pancakes. Like, so I, I'm pretty, it's pretty safe to say, I yeah, think, you know, yeah. the, the stereotypes, you know, yeah. and I make my own pizza. So I know it's, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. like deep fried crusts or whatever. Yeah. But, you think about like those those sorts of like the food, like it's so, it, it's really quite hard to talk about food in a non judgmental way because, you know, like you say pizza and everyone goes, oh, pizza. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Well, hang on. Like, this is like spelt flour. But it's yeah. also like it's basically even when you buy it, it's yeah. basically bread and meat and veggies and cheese. Like mm. how is it that different to a ham and salad sandwich with cheese? Really? Like it's the way yeah. those nutrients That's break down in your body and are used. Yeah. You know, so like sort of getting rid of some of the stigma. Stigma and the shame around food. Yeah. Like and that's what I, I, I said to you before, like I'm just the parallels with food and money, like the shame and stigma is mm-hmm. such a, there's such a commonality. Yeah. Well, yeah. the limiting beliefs and the habits and everything that we use to to adjust them for our relationship with money, you can yeah. use the same tools and strategies to help you adjust your relationship oh, to food. Right. You know, I've been so conscious of, um, you know, having three daughters and like, 
I'm pretty lean. My husband's pretty lean. They're all pretty lean. Like we have like thin privilege, you know, with lots of privilege in lots of different areas. Yeah. But also like I don't want them to think that makes them a better person. You no, know, like, no. they haven't done anything to get that, you know. Yeah. It's just luck. Natural. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've, we talk really neutrally about bodies, like, uh, like right from the word go, we've talked, mm. you know, when we watch Peppa Pig and they shame Daddy Pig, we're like, of course he's got a big tummy. He's a pig, you know. How do you think that makes Daddy Pig feel? You know, we've had these like right mm. from the word go and like lots of their story books and things are, are, are just really kind. Yeah. And um, we've not, I've not had the same consciousness of how I talk about money. And I realized this just recently. I think it was, it was either, I, I, now I listen, now I listen to so many podcasts. It could have been yours. Could have been, it could have been Tina, Tina Towers. It could have been, maybe it was Denise Duffield. I don't know now. I've lost all of my, but this idea of talking mutually and respectfully about money, mm. that's been something I'm like, oh my goodness. I didn't even think about how I was doing that and like I'm quite yeah. conscious of my own money story and how yeah. I was brought up with money um yeah, we judge ourselves like, quite harshly yeah yeah so I was like right we're just um conscious now and I'm gonna do it a bit differently so yeah, yeah. but it's um yeah it's it's really the parallels are huge but also yeah. like having been spoken to and written to in media about money is very similar to bodies you yeah know? You look at self image of women's health and men's health magazines. Yeah. Men's, it's all about being strong and powerful and like ripped and like bulk and like, you know, even the way um, like diet products are marketed to men and women. Yeah. Men's stuff is never marketed as less. Mm. It's like, you know, Pepsi more protein. Pepsi Max, Coke Zero. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Well, you know, yeah, like made that stuff. Yeah. Whereas, you know, women are marketed to money-wise about being like they're too Brutal. spendy. They're, yeah, save tighten that belt. The man makes the money and the woman spends it. Yeah, you oh go out and gosh. get it, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like that sort of stuff that you just sort of don't even know is there that's just getting in and it's it's literally just marketing because if if companies had to market to each individual person separately they wouldn't be able to do it uh, so they create stereotypes yeah. so they can market yeah, to a group so they put everybody they're, they're, in their archetypes yeah so this is you and this is what you need to do to fix yourself and you're like well yeah. Am I broken really anyway? But then there's always still the, the mental stuff and, and, of course, there's the manipulation that goes with a lot of that stuff yeah, as well. And they tap yeah, into yeah. it and you're like, oh, my God, I felt that once, therefore I must be that. And you're like, yeah, well, we, yeah. All, we all have our ups and downs and we might all yeah. feel, you know, you know, maybe not the great, like we might not have made the greatest choices in about money or we might not have made the greatest choices with the food that we're eating. But the thing is, is that that's a temporary state. It's easily yeah. changed. You, you don't need a marketing machine to tell you that you're broken. <laughs> and I think the thing with um, like, like coming back to that, like what can people do? Like that idea of it's what you do most of the time that counts. Yeah. Same with money, right? Yeah. Like if you've got something that you've got set up and it's regularly happening, mm-hmm. That's going to pay off in the future. Like if you go to the gym once, yeah, you're just going to be sore. Yes. <laughs> so yep. regularly you'll get stronger and fitter and, you know, hearts, more heart healthy and all of that sort of stuff. The same with, the same with veggies. You yep. know, if you eat a salad once, okay, 
Righto. Good. Your bowels might say thank you. For that day. (laughs) Yeah. If you find a way of really like enjoying it and making it taste good and you do it often, that's Mm -hmm. when you get the, you know, that's when you get the micronutrients building up and you get the minerals and all of those sorts of things and the fibre and then the gut flora and all of that sort of, it's what we do most of the time. If you have a hectic week and like, you know, you're doing the in and out drive through because like just life is just smashing you. Mm. Well, okay. It might be not very much fiber. It might be quite a lot of salt. And also our bodies are really resilient. Mm. And, you know, if we can come out of that and go, that was the best I could do, you know, and I'm now going back to my usual way of doing things. Yeah. And all right, if I'm in that situation again, how do I want to do it differently? Like if we can come at it with curiosity and compassion rather than mm-hmm. I've undone everything, oh, my goodness. Oh I may as well just keep on going. I've ruined That's it. That's right. So <laughs> the, it's exactly that. I've stuffed it now. I may as well get keep it's going. never going to get fixed again. Yeah. Well, That's right. Well, exactly. You, exactly. You fixed yeah. it once or you, you, you're on a path. You just can go back on the path. That's right. Exactly. You know, and if you... I mean, look, I don't mind a Macca's drive-thru. If I had to do a drive-thru, it's probably my takeaway of choice, you know, but I never, ever, it would never be the best fish meal I've ever had in my life if I buy a fillet of fish. One of my friends is like, I can't believe you eat that. It's disgusting. Well, you know, I know exactly. I've eaten Macca's in about (laughs) 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I'm vegetarian though, so they don't have much on the menu for me. No, you're correct. But you're like sometimes you just need to eat and mm. you've left yourself in a position where you actually don't have, not that you don't have any choice because you're not probably going to starve to death on the road, probably not. Um, and you can have something quick, you know exactly what it's going to taste like, you know exactly what it's going to cost and you can just get on with your day. Yeah. And tomorrow there might be a banana and a nut bar and, you know, a peanut butter sandwich in your handbag so you I always carry take... a protein a vegan protein bar in my bag yeah. just in case it's like one for my daughter I'm a big fan of handbag food yeah <laughs> you know? um yeah. but yeah sometimes you just need to get fed and that's fine if we can come like if we don't give ourselves a hard time for it you know yes my car stinks my fingers don't smell great mm, I'm not feeling glowing as a result of my Macca's traffic but I'm also not hungry and I can concentrate and I can get where I'm going, yeah. you know. Yeah. And sometimes food can just fill a hole. Yeah. And even even I was thinking because I'm sure there's mums on the listening to this who like a glass <laughs> of wine every now and then. Uh, yeah. um, so, and but you, I was reading the other day and there's like this constant thing now about, oh, wine creates this inflammation and you shouldn't eat it. And I think it's mm-hmm. drink it. Yeah. I thought sometimes there's also the social aspect of it as well. And we need that for our whole physiology and mental health. And sometimes you just feel it. That's one of the things, like like we get these buzzwords, like inflammation Mm. is probably like a fairly current one. Yeah. Um, But like I remember remember when paleo first came on the scene and um, before I got kicked out of (laughs) Pete Evans' Facebook page, but anyway, never mind, another story. the worry that people had, like mm. the real desperate worry that they were somehow killing their children by sending them to school with like fruit and a sandwich and a, like a muesli bar. Like the worry that is happening is going to be far more detrimental to somebody's health 
because that's increasing your stress hormones. That's going to have like a, you know, that increase in cortisol not mm. related to exercise. Mm. That's going to be far more problematic than whether your child had grains twice. I mean, that's not going to be problematic at all unless they've got celiac disease. But again, like coming back to what we're talking about with like so heart disease and diabetes, those things that we've called lifestyle diseases, probably one of the biggest factors in the development of those is stress, like chronic stress. And the chronic stress of, of being poor, of having like uncertain accommodation, like the, what they call the social determinants of health. So things that are not like, especially like as a child, mm. necessarily within your control. Like if you are um, living in a minority group, um, if you are in a larger body and the whole world says that's wrong, like that's chronic and accumulated stress. So, you know, the role of food and movement mm. is probably a lot less than if we were able to create a society that was actually fair and equitable and kind yeah. um, and safe. Those things, are, but that's obviously, you know, it's much more fun to blame the individual that's probably very similar story around money as well. They yeah. just didn't make the choices. Oh my goodness! Yes, I think I think we're solving the problems of the world here today. I there's, know. <laughs> there's, there's so many things that are intertwined in all of this, and it they all really comes yeah. back to the the mental aspect of how we see ourselves, the stereotypes, and the things that are imposed upon us, yeah. the buzzwords, the diet. Like the, at the moment, I'm seeing lots of advertisements for keto. I don't yeah. even really understand what it is. Um, I saw this paleo. <laughs> well, there used to be paleo cafes that came yeah. and went because all of these things kind of take away our ability to moderate. Yeah. It's it's very extreme, and anything extreme generally is hard to stick to because it's yeah. extreme. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I think I think your approach to it is is very needed, not just from a, a nutritional perspective, but just a life perspective too. <laughs> Try often trying to talk to people about um, trying to, you know, with diet, we're so, and probably with like finance too, what can I cut out? What can I mm. trim? What can I get rid of? You know, it's yeah. like, well, what can I add more of? Like, you know, so say, you know, somebody is eating and, you know, they're you know, a bit hectic. What do we need? What's missing here? Oh. Do we need some more fruit, some more veg, some more colour, some more texture? Like how do I, what can I add, you know, yeah. um, rather than. water because sometimes I think water. we confuse absolutely. hunger signed for dehydration. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, and like what, how do I notice, take notice? Like if I could just shelve the judgment and the, you know, quiet that voice, which is easier said than done. What do I notice about how something makes me feel? And mm. like coming back to your point about wine is there will be times when a glass of wine is absolutely lovely. Mm. And then there'll be times where it just, it's a sort of a nothing and it's just not even, you're not even like almost aware or like you finish that first one and you go, oh, right. Well, I need another one now. <laughs> and then you feel a bit foggy and you're like, oh, actually maybe I do feel better if I only have it once or twice a week, you know, like yeah. just no noticing um what and you know, like say with like feeding our children and noticing that maybe they need 
different things to us and they enjoy or some things might be easier like we know especially little children some things are easier for them to eat you know mm. things with a bit of moisture yeah. <laughs> you know, we might really like you know sort of chicken breast and steamed potatoes and salad and little kids might really struggle because it's a bit too dry and it's it's actually hard and you know so they might do better if that's if that's the family dinner that there's also some you know bread and butter and maybe there's some mayo or some like avocado or some sour cream or something that they can dip that chicken into and that just gives a little less dry yeah yeah stickier and easier to eat they love color and texture too like i make rainbow plates for my daughter yeah 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 depending on what we've got tomatoes or strawberries or the red or there's carrots and i know what she likes and and then i'm like oh wow and she'll usually eat most of it because they they can be quite big but um but yeah so things make it fun a bit they often like to do it themselves you know like they might like raw veggies rather than cooked veggies you know Mm. Um, so i've I've just frozen veggies yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Peas. Peas are the greatest. Yeah. Um, my youngest daughter, um, yeah, she's just not much of a vegetable. Like, well, actually, I say that. She <laughs> wasn't much of a vegetable fan, but she just, she'll eat it in things. Hmm. And then there's certain things that she really likes. Like, she likes the beetroot that my mum makes because <laughs> it's like so iridescent purple. Oh, just- yeah boiled sliced vinegar and sugar in a you know like it's just pickled veg pickled vinegar, uh beetroot she loves it but she doesn't like canned beetroot it doesn't taste the same mm-hmm. she likes carrot with mayo mm-hmm. sweet like she has like this blob of mayo and then the carrot goes out like a sun you know so we often will do our meals yeah. um it's like that family style so you've got like say we're doing butter chicken or something like that you know, so we'll have the, the chicken and the sauce, we'll have the rice, we'll have the salad bits separate mm-hmm. so that people can sort of help Makes and serve much. and pass and, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but when, like, and that can be, you know, often families who struggle with food and eating and meal times and everything's just in a mess, they'll notice that when they do tacos or wraps or something like that, it's great yeah, because the child can... They might not put any meat on, but they might put some cheese on and they might just, you know. Mm. Well, my daughter tried and, a quesadilla on the weekend and she discovered oh, she likes beans. Well, there you go. So like, well, now you and, might try the baked beans that mama makes. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing, isn't it? Like sometimes the envi- like how the environment will make a difference, mm. who they're with, yeah. that their friends are having it or somebody else is having it. Yes. Kids, you really, and some children are going to be a little bit more reluctant. Like Some children are going to be super adventurous. Mm-hmm. And I think if, like, if we are calm and we're regulated, like we're modelling that for them mm-hmm. and we're, you know, showing them how you can make something tastier if you want to or you can have it separate or talking about the crunchiness and the colour, yeah. definitely stay away from healthy because that's like <laughs> a big red. <laughs> Come here. Oh, well, that must taste bad. It's kind of like someone has a lovely yeah. personality, then there's just the assumption they're ugly. It must be really ugly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. oh, this is healthy. That must mean it tastes terrible. Well, no, not necessarily. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Association. Yes, I know, but but we have that thing, right? You know, if it's if it's good for me, it, it must taste like everything that's good for me is is awful. You know, yeah. like there's some sort of suffering. Ooh. There's a limiting belief right there. Yeah, right. I know. I know. 
and I big fan of like find what like you know and all oh, food there was a, a meme going around that um oh gosh it drives me crazy the best thing only the best thing to put on salad is air or something it's like far out man what whatever it makes it taste good and you like if you get some blue cheese on that and it's amazing and you love it and you eat it great because those veggies went in yeah yeah (laughs) perfect meal and the healthiest thing if it sits on the plate it's not doing anything for you it's like the best plan if it's not actually initiated or implemented taking action um and so i'm just noticing we're gonna have to to wrap it up a bit but how can people find out more about you and what you do oh okay right well so i'm in a little bit of a transitional phase so i joined like i joined that the tina tower program because um so a friend of mine who is also a dietitian meg mcclintock um, we both work in very similar ways and we have both decided <laughs> that we're probably at the maximum of the one-on-one people we can work with. So we're like, but we're also, we don't want to hear any more stories about I got when I got taken to Weight Watchers when I was eight or I got oh. put on my first, I know, oh, my gosh, your daughter's seven, imagine, oh, terrible. Um, but that's often how our clients' stories will start. Like that's mm. where it all, you know, there was a time where everything was fine and then it wasn't yeah um so what we've decided to do is we've started a little collaboration so we are now called Megan Susan (laughs) funnily enough so my my practice is Zest Nutrition Consulting her practice is Choose Nutrition so we come together with just us so our Instagram and our Facebook is very new so there's mm-hmm. hardly anything on it just yet, but mm-hmm. we would love it if people signed up to that. Mm-hmm. But we do have a website, so megansusan.co. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put these in the show notes. So if yeah, you're driving, yeah, yeah, you yeah. So um, we've decided we're going to do some course creation because mm-hmm. we would like to do some prevention. So yeah. help people, especially especially mums um, and women who are, you know, in a family, starting a family, or who have got a sort of sense of, I don't want my children to go through what I've gone through and Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do differently. So who want to sort out their stuff maybe so that we can, you know, I've noticed in a lot of things we're now talking about being good ancestors Uh um, and breaking cycles. I would love it if we could be part of breaking that cycle so that eventually Mm -hmm. We put ourselves out of our private practice work. <laughs> um, so meganandsusan.co. Yeah, that's our website. And, yeah. yeah, so on Facebook and Instagram, we're Meg and Susan, M-E-G-A-N-D-S-U-S-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, that's that's us. And um, we're going to do a sorry. webinar, I think, to start with at the end of this month, which is, I don't know when this goes out, but in November. Yeah. Um, just to do maybe a little spring clean of diet culture out of the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the new year, it was the end of January, early Feb, um, we'll have a course ready to go. Exciting. Bye-bye. And people can ask you questions and maybe give you yes. suggestions and things yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. yes. So we'll we'll do a behind the scenes um, as, we, as we're getting ourselves sorted. Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be so- fun. So this episode uh, should air on the 21st of November. So oh, well, actually, anyone... do you know what? I think, I think our webinar might be the next day. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So hopefully if you're That's listening cool. to this yeah. soon, you can. You and can if not, um, we are, we're going to record it. So it'll be yeah. available 
somewhere. Like yeah. we were talking earlier, I'm the big picture person, Meg's the detail person, so, you know. <laughs> All right, you'll figure out how to make it available. It'll be there somewhere. We'll flour it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan, for all of that. Lots of insights in there. And like oh, I said, I think we solve the problems of the world, not just money and nutrition. No, but um, they're big ones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you all have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>